Hello and welcome to St Tom's Online. Please find our latest sermon. Today's reading is taken from Mark chapter 9 verses 2 to 9 and the heading is the Transfiguration. After six days Jesus took Peter, James and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. Then a cloud appeared and enveloped them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked round, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them the orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. This is the word of our Lord. Good morning everybody, Judy here. Our passage this morning is Mark chapter 9 verses 2 to 9, ably read by Janice, the story of the Transfiguration. And well, like Ethan last week, I don't think I would have chosen to talk on this passage the transfiguration is otherworldly, not easy to make sense of. But in fact, I got quite a lot from it. Um, and here are some thoughts from it that I believe God wants us to consider today. So just to put things in context, at the end of Mark chapter 8, um, Jesus was talking to his disciples and predicting his death. And then we are told that six days later, verse 2, Jesus led Peter, James and John his closest friends, up a high mountain. Luke tells us in his version of the account that they went up there to pray. And there he was transfigured before them. So transfiguration, what's that? Well, all we know was that Jesus appeared transformed in front of them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone could bleach them, i.e., supernatural a heavenly brilliance verse 3 it says that remember we're told he set aside his glory when he took human form the radiance was his own from within hebrews 1 verse 3 tells us the sun is the radiance of god's glory and the exact representation of his being so God is choosing to give Peter, James and John a glimpse of the glory of Jesus. These three friends spent every day with Jesus, talking, eating, listening to him teach, just hanging out together. I wonder if they looked at Jesus a bit differently after this experience. And then appearing with Jesus as Moses and Elijah. Verse 4 says, there appeared before them, Elijah and Moses who were talking with Jesus. I wonder how Peter, James and John knew that they were Moses and Elijah. And I wonder what the three of them were talking about. 
Commentators agree that here Moses represents the law and Elijah represents the prophets. And here they are witnessing to the Messiah and being fulfilled and superseded by him. Commentators also note that both Moses and Elijah had had mountaintop experiences with God themselves. Moses on Mount Sinai when God allowed him to see his back and Elijah on Mount Horeb when there was the wind, the earthquake and then the fire and then God spoke in a still small voice. And then the other thing about these two was apparently they both left no known grave. If you want to look it up, uh, Deuteronomy 34 verse 6 and 1 Kings 19 verse 8. So moving on, I want to just um, look at three different responses. Peter's response, the father's response and our response to this incident. So Peter's response, Peter, verse 5, says to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let's put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. But you know, verse 6 tells us the disciples were terrified and tells us Peter didn't know what to say. And he stumbles out with the first thing that comes into his head. Commentators suggest that as it was such an amazing touch of heaven, that maybe Peter was trying to create some permanence. Stop Moses and Elijah from disappearing again. So what was the father's response, secondly? Well, a cloud came down, didn't it? And a cloud denotes God's presence in the Old Testament. Do you remember in the um, wilderness, the Israelites would travel and the cloud representing God's presence would go before them by day. Also, clouds enveloped Jesus when he was taken up into heaven at his ascension. So the cloud symbolises the covering of the divine presence. And God spoke out of the cloud. Verse 7 says, This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. The Living Translation puts it slightly differently. This is my dearly loved son. Listen to him. And the King James, This is my beloved son. Hear him. Jesus receives honour from God the Father here declaring his sonship and authority. Listen to him. The voice seems to come almost as a rebuke to Peter, reminding him who Jesus is. Also, interestingly, in the phrase, listen to him, the verb used is present imperative, i.e. God was commanding the disciples and the whole world to listen to his son. These words are a bit familiar, aren't they? And that's because they're very similar to the words at Jesus' baptism in Mark 1, verse 11, where the voice from heaven said, You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Or the living translation, You are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. I really like that. But this pronouncement was for a different time at the start of Jesus' ministry. Father God affirming Jesus, notice before he's done anything. God's love for him was not dependent on his performance. And at Jesus' baptism, it's uncertain who heard the voice, but on this occasion, we know that the three disciples did. 2 Peter 1 verse 16 to 18, Peter refers back to this occasion, saying, For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you, about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
in power, but we were eyewitnesses to his majesty. He received honour and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And Peter continues, We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. And you know what the amazing thing is, this Valentine's Day, that God loves us too, the way he loves his son. I love it that John was here on this occasion, the one who called himself the disciple whom Jesus loved. John 13 verse 23. This same disciple or apostle, as he became later, writes in his epistle, 1 John 3 verse 1. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Isn't that awesome? And here in the NIV, John continues, Dear friends, or the King James Version says, Beloved. I love that word. We are beloved. We are dearly loved sons and daughters of God. And like Jesus, it's not dependent on our performance. It just is. It really is the greatest love story ever told. God so loved the world. John three sixteen. But to get back to our story, suddenly it was all over. The other two disappeared and Jesus, Peter, James and John walked back down the mountain. Jesus telling them not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. That must have been hard. But you know, one glorious day, Philippians 2, verse 9 to 11, we read, Because of that obedience, God lifted him high and honoured him far beyond anyone or anything ever, so that all created beings in heaven and on earth, even those long ago dead and buried, will bow in worship before this Jesus Christ. And call out in praise that he is the master of all to the glorious honour of God the Father. That's a message translation. So thirdly, what of our response to this story? Well, I think maybe there should be two parts to our response. God gave Peter, James and John and of course us too through the gospel story a glimpse here of the majesty, the wonder, the gravity of the glory of Christ. And when the disciples later saw Jesus hanging on a cross, they must have realised something of the extent of the sacrifice, even though they still didn't really understand it. So do we recognise Jesus in the Gospels for who he really is, God's very presence on earth? And do we listen to him, as we've been told? And our, what's our second response to this phenomenal sacrifice that Jesus made? When Jesus was asked in Mark 12 what the greatest commandment was, he said simply that we should love God with all our hearts, souls, minds and strength and our neighbour as ourselves. And in John 13 verse 34, Jesus says, A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we confess to being overawed this morning 
by Jesus' sacrifice for us. We thank you for this glimpse today of his awesome glory. Jesus, we appreciate afresh what you laid aside to come and live amongst us and to die for us. We worship you. Thank you for loving us so much. Help us to love God and love others as you have commanded us. Amen.